हरे कृष्णा ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय रीडिंग फ्रॉम द भगवद गीता चैप्टर वन ऑब्जर्विंग द आर्मीज टेक्स्ट नंबर थर्टी वन ऑनवर्ड्स फॉर सींग द इमिनेंट सफरिंग एंड डेथ दैट इज द इनविटेबल कॉन्सिक्वेंस ऑफ वॉर Arjuna begins to analyze his predicament. At this stage, bereft of broader spiritual vision, his uncertainty intensifies and he becomes bewildered. When one lacks an understanding of his spiritual identity, his relationship with God, and the critical purpose behind this world, one inevitably becomes disturbed and frustrated by life's challenges. and that is what is happening to arjuna at the moment it was already decided that this war was going to take place but suddenly by krishna's will of course he is under illusion and now he has decided not to fight when a person does not want to do something he will give excuses so text number 31 onwards krishna hears certain excuses from arjuna apparently they are quite powerful but when we deeply analyze we'll realize they have no strong foundation so let us hear arjuna's excuses text number 31 to 35 he talks about happiness that is the first excuse o krishna if i fight this battle it will not bring me any happiness i will not be happy text number 31 nacha shreyo anupashyami hatva svajanama have nakankshe vijayam krishna nacha rajyam sukhanicha i do not see how any good can come from killing my own kinsmen in this battle nor can i my dear krishna desire any subsequent victory kingdom or happiness 32 to 35 kim no rajye na govinda kim bhogair jivitena va yeshamarthe kankshitam no rajyam bhogah sukhanicha tayame avasthita yuddhe pranam styaktva dhananicha acharyah pitarah putras तथा च पितामह मशुर पौत्र शाल संबंधिनस्तथाता मधुसूदन अलोक्यराज्य हेतु किं नो महीते निहत्य धारतराष्ट्रन्न का प्रीति सैजनादन O Govinda of what avail to us are a kingdom happiness or even life itself when all those for whom we may desire them are now arrayed on this battlefield O Madhusudana when teachers fathers sons grandfathers maternal uncles fathers-in-law grandsons brothers-in-law 
and other relatives are ready to give up their lives and properties and are standing before me why should i wish to kill them even though they might otherwise kill me o maintainer of all living entities i am not prepared to fight with them even in exchange for the three worlds let alone this earth what pleasure will be derived from killing the sons of dhritarashtra so this is the first excuse i will not derive any pleasure if i fight this battle and kill my own people and he uses three different names to address arjuna <clears throat> govinda govinda means one who gives happiness to the cows and go also means the senses that is why sometimes we use the word goswami for a sanyasi he is supposed to be the master of the senses swami means the master govinda therefore here refers to krishna you are the one who gives or who should give pleasure to my senses why are you giving pain instead so arjuna is telling krishna you are govinda you are supposed to give happiness to my senses that's why you have been given this name govinda but by engaging me in this war you are giving me pain so you are not living up to your reputation as govinda so arjuna is being very selfish here when he gives this excuse oh my happiness my comfort my pleasure scientific research has also shown that people who are only thinking about their own happiness i me and mine they are the ones who go into depression the most and same thing is happening with arjuna he is only thinking about his own self he is being selfish here in the sense that okay my pleasure my pleasure he is saying but if he doesn't fight this battle the world would continue to be ruled by demonic people like duryodhana as a kshatriya arjuna is duty bound to protect the innocent from the demonic classes secondly okay he doesn't want to fight but the pandavas are dependent on him how could he forget the atrocities committed against his brothers insult to his wife misery to his mother apart from the citizens so he's only thinking about his own happiness and therefore he's telling krishna you should give me happiness but he has forgotten one principle that we become happy not by acquisitions achievements or trying to acquire happiness or we don't become happy by asking god to make us happy rather we should act in a way that gives happiness to the lord's senses and in exchange we also uh, get the same amount of happiness god is like the real person we are like the image in the mirror the reflection in the mirror when something is given to the real person the image automatically gets it so if we decorate the real person the image is automatically decorated so we are like the image when god is happy with our actions when his senses are pleased by our actions by our words 
then in return we also become happy and arjuna has forgotten this simple principle he is considering krishna to be his waiter to be his order supplier no and most of us commit this mistake we think god should make me happy no it doesn't work that way yes we are supposed to be happy happiness is our birthright and we should not treat god as our order supplier rather we should engage in activities especially the devotional service beginning with hearing about him chanting his names etc that will make him happy and when he is happy with us we will also experience unlimited happiness in life whether we have everything or nothing this is the only secret of happiness so therefore arjuna's excuse is not justified justified he is telling govinda you are govinda second name he uses is madhusudana madhu was a demon at the beginning of the creation and krishna had killed him now here arjuna is uh, being sarcastic he says krishna i know you have also killed but you are madhusudana you have killed demons and here you are asking me to kill my own family members arjuna had forgotten that krishna had killed his uncle kamsa when he was demonic krishna had also killed one of his sons born of bhumi devi when he had become a demon narakasur so krishna did not hesitate to punish the wrong doers even if they were his own family members arjuna has forgotten that third name that he uses for krishna is janardana he saying krishna you are janardana you are the maintainer of all living entities why are you asking me to destroy them this is not done i will not be happy so this is being selfish if a policeman refuses to do his duty thinking oh i will not kill the criminal because that will not give me any happiness then that's not right if a common person does it it doesn't matter so much but a person who is supposed to protect the innocent protect the law such a person cannot say this he has to look after the larger family another reason text number 36 to 38 papameva shraye dasman hatvetanatatayinah tasman narhavayam hantum धर्तराष्ट्रान स बांधवान स्वजनम हि कथम हत्वा सुखिन श्याम माधव सिन विल ओवरकम आस इफ ई स्ले सच एग्रेसर्स देअर फॉर इट इज नॉट प्रॉपर फॉर आस टू किल द सन्स ऑफ धृतराष्ट्र एंड अवर फ्रेंड्स वट शुड बी गेन ओ कृष्णा हजबेंड ऑफ द गॉडस ऑफ फॉर्चून एंड हाउ कुड वी बी हैप्पी बाय किलिंग अवर ओन किन्समैन same theme in the next two verses 37 and 38 yadyapi te na pashyanti lobho pahat chetasah kulakshaya kritam dosham mitra drohe ch patakam katham nageyam asmabhi papadasma nivartitum kulakshaya kritam dosham prapashyad bhir janardana o janardana Although these men their hearts overtaken by greed see no fault in killing one's family or quarreling with friends why should we who can see the crime in destroying a family engage in these acts of sin so second reason he is giving is if we kill them 
will incur sin. We'll have to bear sinful reactions. It will be a sin. Now, yes, killing someone is bad. But in some cases, that may be required to uphold, to protect the law, to protect the innocent. Gita is a very practical book. It's not something black and white. So wherever it's necessary, sometimes violence is required, force is required. That's why sometimes we have something called UN peacekeeping force. Sometimes to maintain peace, force is required. There are six types of aggressors mentioned in these scriptures and even if they are killed by the law, there is no sin incurred. Those six types of aggressors are the one who administers poison, the one who sets fire to the house, the one who kidnaps a wife, the one who attacks with deadly weapons, the one who steals property and the one who steals someone's wealth. And if we carefully analyze, all these six types of aggressions had been committed by the Kauravas against the Pandavas. So there was no question of sin, even if they were killed. Arjuna has forgotten that. Secondly, yes, killing someone is a sin. But just like sometimes government also orders, no, he can be executed. Now, that's not a sin. In fact, a person who executes gets payment from the government. In rare cases, it happens. So in this case, yes, Krishna is telling Arjuna to kill only in this case. But other incidents, if we read in Mahabharat, Krishna was not telling Arjuna, go and kill him, go and kill that person. So certain cases, to protect the law, to re-establish dharma, violence is required. And, uh, but that can only be ordered and uh, uh, authenticated, authorized by the proper authority. Now, who has made this law that killing someone is bad? You will incur sinful reactions. God. Now, that same God is telling Arjuna now, no, now you kill. Doesn't that become dharma? What is dharma? What is adharma? We have to understand carefully. Dharma cannot be manufactured by us. Dharma is made by God, just like laws are made by the government. And uh, we simply have to follow and then we are happy. But if we try to go against the law and live our life whimsically, then we are controlled by that same law. So similarly, yes, what is dharma? Dharmam to Sakshat Bhagavat Pranitam. That which is given by God is Dharma. Whatever is against His will is Adharma. That is the general definition. God has made this law. Killing is bad. That is Dharma. But now God is telling, No, today you kill. Doesn't that become Dharma? Arjuna is simply attached to his own thinking, own misconception. He has forgotten the essence. He is attached to the letter of the law, but he has forgotten the essence of the law. Therefore, this reason is also not justified. <coughs> Third reason he gives, which is quite powerful, text number 37 onwards. Sorry, text number 39 onwards. Kulakshaya pranashyanti kuladharamaha sanatanaha dharmenashte kulam kritsnam adharamo abhibhavati yuta Adharma Bhivavat Krishna Pradushanti Kulastriya Stri Shudushta Shuvashneya 
जायते वर्ण शंकर शंको नरकायव कुलग्नाकुल पतंती पितरोषा लुप्तपिंडोदक्रिया दोष्यकुलग्ना वर्णशंकरकारकेत्सद्यंते जातिधर्म कुलधर्माश्च शाश्वत उत्सन्नकुलधर्मा मनुष्या जनादन नरके नियतम वासो भवती अनुशुश्रुमा सो इन दीज वर्सेस फोर फाइव वर्सेस अर्जुनाज थर्ड रीजन वेरी पावरफुल ही सेज कृष्णा विद द डिस्ट्रक्शन ऑफ द डायनेस्टी द इटर्नल फैमिली ट्रेडिशन इज वैंक्विश्ड एंड दस द रेस्ट ऑफ द फैमिली बिकम्स इन्वॉल्व इन इरिलीजन वैन इरिलीजन इज प्रोमिनेंट इन द फैमिली ओ कृष्णा द वमेन ऑफ द फैमिली बिकम पोल्यूटेड एंड फ्रॉम द डेग्रेडेशन ऑफ वुमेनहुड ओ डिसेंडेंट ऑफ रिश्नी कम्स अनवॉन्टेड प्रोजिनी an increase of unwanted population certainly causes hell, hellish life both for the family and for those who destroy the family tradition the ancestors of such corrupt families fall down because the performances for offering them food and water are entirely stopped by the evil deeds of those who destroy the family tradition and those who give rise to unwanted children all kinds of community projects and family welfare activities are devastated O Krishna maintainer of the people I have heard by disciplic succession that those who destroy family traditions dwell always in hell a very powerful reason he saying Krishna if we fight this war we are not just going to destroy the present generation because everyone who is assembled on this battlefield field from both the sides would be killed till everyone is killed the battle is not won till at least everyone from one of the sides is not killed so most of the people most of the men the younger and the elderly all had gathered and all of them would be killed so arjuna is saying by fighting this war we are not just going to be the cause of destruction of the present generation but we shall also be destroying the future and the past generations as well how he says present generation is destroyed in this battle and since all the men in the family would be gone so there would be no one to protect the women who were left behind and therefore unwanted uh, the unscrupulous people would take advantage exploit them women are held very very sacred in our vedic culture and it is mentioned that anyone who makes a woman cry even one tear that person's life duration fame wealth good fortune everything will be destroyed in no time five types of people five living entities must always be protected and respected if anybody blasphemes them hurts them that person would be finished will have to perish who are these five living entities the elderly people the children the cow the devotees of the lord and the women women the devotees of the lord the cows the elderly people and the children so the women would be uh, uh exploited because all the men are gone and secondly all the 
people the elderly members of the family are also killed in this battle so there would be no one to pass on the traditions to the next generation as a result there would be no samskars prevalent in the family and because of lack of samskars unwanted children without being thoroughly purified through the samskars will come into this world and irresponsible population then would lead to destruction of community welfare projects nobody would bother about the welfare of society because if somebody is irresponsible he is only thinking about himself and therefore the future generations would also be in danger the future welfare projects are in danger future generation will be irresponsible because of lack of some scars and since the family traditions would not be followed so one of the most important family traditions is offering periodically shraddh or a pindadan to their departed ancestors because wherever they are they receive those offerings and therefore they bless us so that tradition would also be stopped as a result wherever they are they would also fall down from there they would not move on but they would fall down from their positions so we are not just going to become the uh, cause of pain to the present generation but to the future generation and the previous generations as well those who are with us we will destroy them and those who are going to come and have also already gone they will also be troubled by this act of ours therefore this is not justified it's a quite a powerful uh, argument from arjuna but then again he's forgotten uh, uh, an eternal principle that who is the person who is actually the maintainer on one side is telling krishna you are janardan the maintainer but he is forgetting that it, it is ultimately krishna who maintains everyone there are so many uh, people who have no protector in their life but they are still living they go on to become great personalities and then there are those who are fully protected that still uh, they perish so ultimately he is using the right word maintainer janardan for krishna but then he is not living by that Uh, statement just like a child within the mother's womb lives for so many months in that condition if he put an elderly person in that situation probably he would die within few seconds but a child lives and uh, he gets its nourishment also who is protecting the child within the mother's womb who has made that arrangement for his nourishment god only so the same person who protects us within the mother's womb also protects us when we are out of our mother's womb an ant is being maintained eats few grams every day an elephant eats 50 kgs in one go is also maintained so ultimately it is the lord who is the maintainer and he rewards everyone according to his activities his destiny so arjuna here is thinking that he is the doer that if he doesn't do something or if he does something things won't work in this world he has forgotten that god is in in charge and he takes care of everyone and he protects so therefore this reason is also not justified it's just an excuse he's making because he doesn't want to fight and then he also mentions krishna and uh, i have also heard that those who destroy the family tradition they dwell in hell so we will also go to hell we are also destined to go to hell because we will become we will become the cause of destroying this family tradition by killing these elderly people so therefore now he 
ends his arguments uh, at least uh, this section before he becomes quiet aho bahat aho bat mahat papam kartum vyavasita vayam yad rajya sukh lobhena hantum svajanam uddyatah yadi mam pratikaram ashastram shastra panayah dhartarashtra rane hanyus tanme kshemataram bhavet alas how strange it is that we are preparing to commit greatly sinful acts driven by the desire to enjoy royal happiness we are intent on killing our own kinsmen better for me if the sons of dhritarashtra weapons in hand were to kill me unarmed and unresisting on the battlefield is become extremely weak akshatriya does not talk like that they take pride in uh, uh, fighting against the adversary against the enemy and they never give up their weapons but he is just giving up completely sanjay uvacha he speaking to dhritarashtra eva muktva arjunah sankhe rathopast upavishat visrijya swasharam chapam shok samvigna manasah sanjay said arjuna having thus spoken on the battlefield cast aside his bow and arrows and sat down on the chariot his mind overwhelmed with grief arjuna sits down he refuses to fight he refuses to stand and this is how the first chapter ends the first 13 verses talk about dhritarashtra's and duryodhana's anxiety dhritarashtra is asking what happened on the battlefield what did his sons and the sons of pandu do and sanjay starts answering till text number 13 he explains what did dhritarashtra's sons do how duryodhana when he sees the army of the pandavas he goes to his teacher points out his faults how why he had trained up just dumna who was the commander in chief of the pandavas and also happened to be his enemy's son and his anxiety is uh, quite prominent then he starts flattering his own people he is in so much anxiety bhishma picks up his conch shell blows it that is text 1 to 13 14 to 20 the five signs indicative of pandavas victory have been mentioned krishna's presence lakshmi's presence the great chariot on which arjuna was seated the transcendental conscious which instilled fear in the hearts of the kauravas and hanuman's presence text 21 to 30 describe arjuna's uncertainty 21 to 26 is what's going on in his mind the uncertainty and then that starts manifesting externally in symptoms such as burning of skin voice is choked his trembling his crying 27 to 30 and text 31 to 36 he gives reasons excuses for not fighting happiness his own happiness sin and also the destruction of the family tradition and then he gives up his weapons and sits down on the chariot refusing to fight tells krishna i am not going to fight that's how the first chapter ends thank you very much hari krishna